From the Capitol in Madison, this is WIS Politics Midday. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam Kellenhofer, reporter at WISPolitics.com, here with a midday podcast brought to you by Spectrum. Today, I'm joined by Chief Quality Officer at UW Health, Jeff Pothoff, and he's on the show to talk to us about Omicron, COVID-19, and hospitalizations. So uh, what exactly are we looking at with Omicron right here? How widespread is it, and is it the dominant variant yet? Yeah, a couple of questions there, but I think all of us are a little bit surprised even understanding Omicron, how quickly uh, it is able to spread and just how highly contagious this variant is. Uh, so uh, it is now the dominant variant uh, here uh, in Wisconsin, uh, and we're seeing a lot of cases, uh, you know, more than we've ever seen before. Uh, and, uh, you know, we certainly see cases uh, amongst the unvaccinated. In fact, those who I admit to the hospital uh, are still uh, mostly unvaccinated. But the difference between Omicron uh, and uh, Delta and the previous versions of COVID-19 is those who are immunized, vaccinated, uh, we are still seeing breakthrough cases at a little bit higher rate or, or maybe a much higher rate than we were with these other variants. Now, the good news is, is these breakthrough cases, they're pretty mild. Uh, we're not admitting folks to the hospital for that, uh, but it is resulting uh, in a higher total of cases. So uh, Omicron's really no laughing matter because the problem we're having with it is even though it's less severe uh, at a population level, the percent of cases that get admitted to the hospital are less. The sheer number of people that we are diagnosing with COVID is actually increasing the rate of hospitalizations uh, and that's certainly what we're experiencing right now at, at UW Health, a big, steep ramp up uh, in folks admitted to the hospital with COVID-19. Hmm, that is definitely concerning to hear. And and you touched on this a little bit. So we know Omicron is a, at least a little bit less severe than than other variants. How long do you think this surge of Omicron variant infections is going to last? You know, this is a tricky question because I was asked the same thing with Delta and I was wrong. Uh, what we've done is we've looked at other places in the world that have already experienced the variant. Uh, so Omicron uh, was initially identified uh, down in South Africa and it made it through South Africa pretty quickly. Uh, you know, we then extrapolate and say, well, it would be, you know, reasonable to think that it would make it through the United States, you know, fairly rapidly too. Uh, but we saw the same thing with Delta, where it initially started to burn through pretty quickly in areas uh, where it was discovered. We thought it would burn through pretty quickly here in the U.S., and it kind of held on for a while. So I think there's maybe differences between the populations in these other places that we look to versus the United States. Uh, I'm hopeful that it's something that burns through, you know, on the order of weeks, um, but, you know, wouldn't be willing to bet my life savings on it yet. Um, it just uh, it would be better for all of us if this uh, surge is more short lived rather than long lived. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can I'm, I'm safe in saying that a, a short lived pandemic is, is much better than a, a long term pandemic, although we're, you know, almost two years into this. Uh, I think we're over that hump. But how how are hospitals doing right now? I know we've seen a lot of headlines about uh, hospital beds filling up and just just no availability anymore. How are hospitals coping with that? You know, hospitals are working overtime to try to figure out creative ways to manage the patients that are seeking care. And, you know, even last fall in November, when we were at close to being at our breaking point um, with, with COVID-19, you know, before vaccinations, all of that, uh, you know, for the most part, we managed to get through. Uh, we didn't get to the point where there were folks uh, who desperately needed medical care. 
who couldn't get it. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, you know, with this latest surge of Omicron, the last two weeks, we're seeing that. We're seeing people in the state who need to get medical care. And I'm not just talking about patients with COVID. I'm talking about patients with a whole host of different conditions, new cancer diagnoses, heart problems that need surgery, uh, people with neurological emergencies uh, who are looking for care uh, at health systems that are able to provide a higher level of care and they cannot get it. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's really demoralizing to us as a healthcare industry. That's the last thing we ever want to have happen. We didn't think it was possible for that to happen in the United States. And that's where we're at. You're going to find stories uh, across the country of patients reaching out, trying to get help and being told, no, we just can't do it. Uh, despite really pulling out all the stops, meeting constantly to try to figure out how to maximize our ability to take care of patients. Uh, and and uh, that that's a bad spot to be in. Mm. Okay. And, and so bringing this in a little bit, since we're a political news agency, what can government, local, state, or federal government, what, what can be done to, you know, improve the situation here? You know, I think the, the biggest thing to do to improve the situation is we need to get more folks vaccinated against COVID-19 because we look at it from an operational perspective, uh, anywhere from like 15 to 17% of hospital beds are currently occupied by folks who have COVID-19. Uh, of those who are occupying our hospital with COVID-19, the vast majority of them are not vaccinated. Uh, and, you know, it would be one thing if COVID patients uh, who are unvaccinated stayed in the hospital for a day or two days uh, and then quickly got out. But unfortunately, what we find uh, are these unvaccinated folks, they get much more sick, they require a much higher level of support. Uh, so they take up more days in our hospitals, more days in our ICUs, uh, and they occupy staff to a much higher degree uh, than other patients. Uh, so if we get those individuals vaccinated uh, and now either they don't get COVID at all, that would be great, or they get mild cases of COVID that don't require hospitalization, or even if they're that rare person who's vaccinated, gets COVID and requires hospitalization, they're only taking up a day or two of our time, uh, getting that capacity back that is currently being occupied by those unvaccinated COVID positive patients makes our equation work out. We'd be able to take care of this other volume uh, that is asking us to take care of them that we no longer can do. And I'll hear people say, well, what about those folks who have diabetes from poor diet or you know, they made poor choices and they're obese or folks who you know, smoked and now they have heart disease? I think at some degree, you know, those are valid points, but um, we're not going to fix that uh, in a couple of weeks. But we could fix the issue of vaccination in a couple of weeks, uh, and we'd have this problem taken care of, we'd be able to manage these folks with heart conditions or, you know, neurological emergencies, new cancer diagnoses, uh, and not have to tell them there's no room in the end. All right, perfect. Well, thanks again, Dr. Jeff Pothoff of UW Health for joining me on today's Midday Podcast. If you want to see more healthcare news, you can check out the wispbusiness.com website where we have a free daily healthcare update. But for now, I'm Adam Kelnhofer with WISPolitics.com. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been WISPolitics Midday. For more state government and political news, visit WISPolitics.com.